This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and today joined by Chris Woff. It's kind of a reactionary podcast to the last 24 hours in the world of Newcastle United. Uh, I keep saying to myself and to others, at least it's never boring, Chris. Certainly um, never boring. I think that's the best way we can paint it over the cracks at the moment and obviously the big news is that Iosi Prez is closing in on a move to Leicester City um, we are recording this uh, just after half past 12 on the te- on the 3rd of uh, July rather um, so by the time this goes out he may well have completed that deal we're going to talk as if the medical and the personal terms you know he passes them with flying colours and he agrees these personal terms uh, £30 million pounds, Chris a decent price for Prez well, my understanding is that there was a release clause within his contract and so that Newcastle had no real option on it. I do actually think it's, it's, it is a decent price and before I get into to why that is, I want to put in context that I don't think it's good that Newcastle United are selling them, although they're in a position where really they can't avoid it if, it's, if uh, the clause has been met. But in terms of Iose Perez, if it's the Iose Perez of the last three months of last season, then it's a bargain. But if it's the Iose Perez of the full five years you'd had in Newcastle United, the inconsistencies, I think it's a good price. If you were looking back to September, when ironically, when he came off against Leicester City, Iose Perez was booed, oh sorry, was cheered for, for getting substituted because he'd been in very poor form. Uh, he was then subsequently dropped before he came on, scored the winner against Watford, Newcastle's win of the season, first win of the season. He'd been in very poor form, and I think a lot of fans at that point, if you'd offered them 10 to 15 million to sell Iose Perez at that stage, they probably would have taken it. The issue Newcastle have is that in the meantime, they've lost Rafa Benitez as manager. Salomon Rondon's loan has finished, so Newcastle are going to be deprived of their two highest scorers from last season. Fabian Scher has been, a lot of people have said on Twitter, was the third highest scorer for Newcastle United last season. That is the issue, the predicament that they find themselves in. Perez leaving to me is not a surprise. I thought he was going to go ever since April when he gave those comments. Almost, I've written in a piece today, it was almost unprompted. He's basically, he was almost given an out when he was asked about comments he'd made in Spain where he suggested he may leave this summer. Benitez had, had suggested that they'd been taken out of context and mistranslated. Perez basically said, no, I, I am thinking about, I will have options this summer. I'm not definitely going to leave, but I am seriously considering leaving. I thought he was going to go to Spain. There was a lot of uh, interest from Spain, the likes of Valencia and Real Betis. But I don't know when Leicester City's interest became first made it known to Perez, because we didn't even know about it until yesterday uh, when it first broke. So that has come about. 
and he leaves at a time where with two years left in his contract it really was now or never for Newcastle United to get the value and I think that there was I think the release clause was time dependent as well I think it would have gone down over time Obviously losing Perez is, is a big blow as the person himself in the top scorer last season um, a really good character to have around the dressing room you did feel it was inevitable though once Benitez left that that was probably going to happen like you see I think the destination is it's perhaps a bit of a shock but Person, I think Leicester look at quite a good side. Brendan Rodgers, a very good manager. They'll probably break into the top six with it with a bit of luck. Um, you know, in the forthcoming season, in contrast to Newcastle, um, you know their fans are positive. Their fans are looking forward to the new season. This news is just further uh, disheartened Newcastle United fans. Yeah, if Benitez had stayed, then Perez may have been convinced to stay. He said himself that Benitez's future would make a bearing on it Benitez himself said towards the end of last season that he was confident that if he was in the team and scoring goals he could convince Perez to stay I think that Perez was already thinking about leaving and then once Benitez's exit was confirmed that probably was the finally made his mind up for him I find the move to Leicester interesting I agree with you I do think they're one of the clubs who you could see they're going to be top eight likely could they break in that top six potentially but Perez is he a Brendan Rodgers style player I I'm I'm yet to be convinced of that. Bren Rogers obviously knows what his style of player is better than me, but that inconsistency has it. All the last three months is that what Perez is actually like now? Has he matured and finally realised uh, his potential, or is it a mirror image of the season before, whereby he was very good towards the end of that season? Newcastle United have been left in a position whereby striker-wise, forward-wise, they're going to be very very short for whoever the next manager comes in, unless transfer dealings happen in the not too distant future there's still interest in, in Joe Linton at Hoffenheim but for now once Perez's deal is concluded Hosselu my understanding is still available to go and I do think he's held, well, he has held discussions with Deportivo Alaves so you go beyond that you've got Dwight Gale whose future at Newcastle looked almost over under Benitez he may be given another a reprieve now because he would like to stay Yoshinori Muto could play that Perez role just behind the striker depends what system a new manager is going to play You've got uh, th- then Hosselu potentially if he doesn't go is still there. You look further down. Could someone like Miguel Almiron play in a more central position? There's been he's done that for Paraguay. Richie could move forward into a more attacking position that could free people. And then you've got Elias Sorensen. I'm sure a lot of fans will say should he be handed an opportunity? You may well get one in pre-season, but I think that he needs first-team football elsewhere first. So Newcastle need to do some serious business now. Now, it's believed that the money that they recuperate off Perez will go into the transfer key. The scepticism from Newcastle United fans is that, well, Mitrovic was sold for a lot of money, uh, Suzuka was sold for a lot of money, the club would argue that some of that, if not most, that did go back in. But you can understand the scepticism from the fans. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have to be honest, I'm not sure what the breakdown of the deal is. Is it 30 million up front or is it an instalment? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, Mitrovic was in instalments Sissoko was in instalments Newcastle are still receiving money for uh, those so it's not that you got 30 uh, that you got 30 million for Sissoko to spend there and then not the initial 22 million to spend from Mitrovic there and then it's been broken into portions I don't know uh, at this stage I'm still trying to find out and see if it is what the exact structure of the deal is going to be so there will be some money Newcastle will receive this this summer, which will go into transfer key. But yeah, fans will, will be sceptical and they'll be nervous about how Newcastle do spend that money. They need to invest money because they need signings. They've got a depleted squad as it is. 
they've already needed to replace Rondon, Diarmi, um Kennedy. Kennedy. So there's three players already they already need, ready needed to replace. Isaac Hayden still wants to go. So Perez coming in there, it's a it adds to, to what is already a very complicated summer for Newcastle. We're down to thirty odd days in the transfer window, forty days in the transfer window, whatever it is. Um, and really Newcastle need to need to get a manager in place that they're, they're conducting a thorough process, understand that, but really that they, they, they need to, to get a move on now. But you can't really say in a new manager playing the same system Benitez did because obviously you know they're not going to sign Rondon. Um, okay, Johnson is maybe someone who's similar stature but not really too much like Rondon. So you probably have to change the whole formation when it comes to the forward line, and that's not something that can be easily done, given that you know the, the season kicks off within the first two weeks of August. Well, that's where. My concern for Newcastle at the moment is, and you could argue maybe a few players leaving could free up some space for a manager to bring in his own players, but the majority of that squad were either bought by Benitez or developed by Benitez to play in a very certain style. If they go for a manager, the likes of Roberto Martinez, who has been heavily linked today, where I do think there is an interest well I know there's an interest in is he top choice I'm not sure yet but there has been interest in him the likes of Patrick Vieira Mikel Arteta who you very much imagine will want to play a different style of football than Rafa Benitez do Newcastle have the makeup of squad or do they have the time to be able to restructure that squad for it to really suit them this was a, a squad which was very much built in Benitez's image and that is one of my concerns going forward as to, to whether whoever comes in has the personnel to play in whatever style it is they may want to. So Perez has gone on his way. Um, Sean Longstaff, you know, this one has been around the story. My night has been around for the last six weeks, two months, maybe. You know, he only played, what, nine games. It was impressive. Um, and again, you know, the reports this week are that before my night jet out to Australia, I think they go out on Saturday they want to have this deal tied up. There's a bit of a confused message coming out from Manchester on this. I mean, clearly the journalists over there have been briefed that Man United are confident they can get Longstaff for in the region of 25 million. Newcastle haven't received a bid yet, but uh, they're expected to get one in the coming days because they're one before they go away on Sunday. But one journalist was, was writing the other day saying that Man United were doing it one transfer at a time and they'd got James, uh, Daniel James sorted, then they got... Uh, Wan-Bissaka in and Longstaff will be next yet a bid's been launched for Harry Maguire so is Harry Maguire next all of this is a bit confusing and and so at the moment Newcastle United are in a a vulnerable position when it comes to Sean Longstaff unlike Perez I don't believe he does have a release clause in his contract so that gives them some strength in there but the longer the uncertainty persists with the manager the weaker the position Newcastle will will be in and a lot of Newcastle fans will want Longstaff to stay and they'll want Newcastle to really build a team around him for the future. But if a really, really enticing offer comes in f- from Man United, Newcastle may well accept again, though. They already need a midfielder because the army is gone. Newcastle, again, maybe the money will be will be very enticing, but you've got to think of the ramifications of that and do Newcastle have time to be able to do all of the business they need to in the remainder of this window? On to managers. Only you've mentioned Roberto Martinez. He's the, the latest one to be linked. Some claims from the capital that Newcastle have already um, sounded him out. An approach could be forthcoming in the, in the next couple of days. He's a man who's hit and miss. It didn't end too well for him at Everton. He had quite a good start. You know, won the FA Cup with Wigan. 
he's one of those that is obviously desperate, I think, to to rebuild his uh, his reputation. He's done that somewhat at Belgium, did all right in the World Cup. But do you foresee him fitting into the system that Mike Ashley wants here at Newcastle? Well, as I say, at this stage, I do believe he's a name that Newcastle are looking at. I don't yet know if he is going to be the person that they approach. But if they do, as reports claim, then he's an interesting one because he he did do some good things at Wigan and he started well at Everton, but then it really tailed off. And going to Belgium, he's partly rebuilt his reputation. But given that he's got previous Premier League baggage, that is my one concern with it. Whereas if you went for someone, if it was someone like Vieira or Arteta, would they be given more of a clean slate because of the fact that they've not been in this position before? Like I think Roberto Martinez would certainly be a different style of football to Rafa Benitez is what I mean about the, the change in dynamic of the squad. He would be looking for possession-based football. He's been often accused of the fact that he isn't a great defensive manager, which is the opposite of Benitez. Benitez knows how to, to keep clean sheets, how to grind out results. Martinez, the opposite. Everton would quite regularly concede a lot of goals, but quite regularly score them. He's done a decent job at Belgium. So I think I think he's an interesting choice. Will he excite fans? I'm not sure. Certainly, I think anyone's going to struggle to, to match Benitez in that regard. But I don't think he would necessarily be the least welcomed of, of potential names who've been linked so far. And of course, if you look at the kind of players that he had, um, Lukaku, for instance, he didn't come cheap. I think he only cost 28, 28 million, if I'm not mistaken, from yeah, he was, yeah. something like that. So yeah. he did spend quite a bit of money at Everton. And of course, we know that that won't be forthcoming at Newcastle. Well, Newcastle United will contest otherwise. They'll say, we told Benitez that we were going to back him, albeit within a budget. In theory, I mean, just take Joe Linton, for example. If Newcastle do go in and end up signing him, you're going to be talking the best part of 30 or 40 million but, pounds. But then is the point, the point sorry, that I was making was that if you sign Joe Linton for 40 million pounds and you've only got a budget of, even with the, the Perez money, you're saying, what, 80 million perhaps? How much quality does that really buy you? It's it, it's a very good question. I mean, the, the interesting thing about the way Newcastle United do transfers is my understanding is although there is a, a, a sort of budget for this summer where it's been laid out, it would be about 50 to 60 million. That's the money they currently have available. But they maintain, or the sources maintain, that for the right player, quote-unquote, maybe more money can become available in terms of maybe they will look to do a deal whereby although they prefer to pay up front they may do a deal over time so if enough players of the right age so essentially under the age of 25 with sell-on value enough of them of a high enough quality become available the parameters of that budget may become a bit more flexible I'm not saying there's a huge amount of room for to change that but it's an interesting way that Newcastle t- don't that this was the, the big difference between Benitez and, and the club quite often the club when Benitez said what is my transfer budget for the, for the next window they would say to him don't think of it as a set number think of it as these are the players that I want these are the positions I want filled this is give give us some names and we look at them and then there may be money that we can invest into them because we're confident we're going to get back rather than to be a 29 year old who they don't believe has any sell on value I know that's complicated I know that's a strange way of doing things and I probably haven't explained it particularly well but, yeah, Martinez or whoever comes in will want their own players. And by own players, I mean in collaborative manner with, with Newcastle United as to whoever they bring in. They will want to reshape the squad. But funds-wise, they're going to have to work within a certain ballpark figure because that's where Newcastle United are. 
And just to finish off, I suspect that this will be a very, very quick answer. Any update on the proposed takeover? No. Unfortunately, we are where we are on that. It seems that Newcastle United are going for a manager regardless of that they are pursuing avenues on that. So that, to me, suggests, and this is just my interpretation, that, to me, suggests they don't necessarily see a takeover being imminent unless they are in discussions with whoever may be taken over as to, to, who, to his point as manager. Otherwise, particularly if you're thinking of candidates such as Arteta and Martinez, where you're going to have to pay some compensation to get them out, wouldn't Newcastle pay compensation for a manager who by, whereby whoever was to take over may come in and decide they want to employ someone else? So at the moment, I'd, they're clearly treating it as a, the takeover is an imminent, so that's the, le- the latest we can go by because we haven't had any update to suggest otherwise. Well, there you have it. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, keep it up with all the latest Newcastle United news. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.